This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome once again, folks, to Blockbuster Mentality. I'm your host, Ben. Guess what? Dave is back again. He joins me. But we're also joined by someone. The title of the episode, we'll get to that once you subscribe to iTunes. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Rate, review us, do all that. We'd appreciate it. Uh, Today we have on Howie Mandel. You might know him from Bobby's World, Little Monsters, Deal or No Deal, America's Got Talent. He's got a new podcast out with his daughter called Howie Mandel Does Stuff. Comes out every Tuesday. Definitely check that out. Some funny stuff. Uh, We have a great conversation. We analyze the 2010 masterpiece, Birdemic, Shock and Terror. Uh, It's one of those movies where it's so bad that it's good and funny. So uh, it was a lot of fun to talk about with Howie, who has a background in comedy. He's a a stand-up comedian, not even a background in comedy. He's a stand-up comedian. So it was great talking with him. Absolute pleasure. So here's our conversation with Howie Mandel. Are you you in a hotel room? Or is that just a bedroom? That's Howie Mandel's bedroom. It's not my bedroom, but it is a bedroom. Okay. <laughs> That's good to I'm know. Not, and I, I won't be talking loud because the person whose bedroom it is is going to nap. Oh. So the whole, the whole podcast should go like this because I don't want to wake. I don't want to wake the person up. But this this room has the best sound and lighting. Okay. Yeah. It is no, glorious. We're a very we're a very sensual show, so yeah. it's, uh, it's right in with. Well, the it'll be like informative and with a little touch of ASMR. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so there we go. In fact, if you don't want to, if you want to not introduce me, guy, you said you do that in post. Or you don't want to do anything else. I can just we can do a couple of minutes of just me chewing. That's fine. That's I, I'll take what we can get at this point. You know, you'd be surprised. Audience for that. Yeah, I want to buy. I want to release uh, the first uh, featured length ASMR <laughs> for theaters. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to see a film tonight. I'll tell you what, it'll be better than Birdemic. <laughs> you didn't like Birdemic? <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Uh, so you said you're seeing a film tonight? No, I said I wanted to make a ASMR, like oh. a whole, just like, 90 minutes or two and a half hours of chewing and scratching oh, okay. and licking gotcha. and then and then serve at the snack bar at the theater just things that just an apple apples and celery and yeah. the velcro you can buy little velcro vests to wear into the theater yeah it's okay. just like a Not, noise fest you, you won't be boards you won't nails. be chewing on the velcro you'll just be making noise with it you don't know. Yeah, that's true. You know, yeah. Nobody does that. Everybody just thinks rip the Velcro. No, chew the Velcro. Nobody. <laughs> there are people that love that sound. That is true. That is true. I, if, uh, you, if you uh, chew on Velcro, does it stick to your gums? That's a great question. Uh, no, it's uh, why not. Do you, it doesn't? It's not a great question. I mean, it is a question. but in Well, the it's a great question. In uh, the fact that I don't know the answer. So anything I don't know the answer to is a great question. 
there's got to be millions of great questions then for you. <laughs> that oh. one was not. Yeah. And I'm not knocking you. I'm not saying any one person, <laughs> anyone like me. Right. If I judged a great question just by me not knowing the answer, I don't know that that's a good litmus test for what is considered a great question. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. All right. Yes. So let's let's get deep what into that. What does that guy in the bus <laughs> smell like? Great question. That, <laughs> I think that is a great question. Yeah. Is it? Uh, yeah, it's fun to take guesses. So it's a great yeah. question. You know, it's, it starts with, you know, great conversation, I think. Yeah, it could be um, a, a raccoon. It could be. Yeah. It, yeah. Just straight so up trash. I don't know how you guys work on this show, but we'll take the third caller. Okay. <laughs> I am. No, I, I, Are we at that point already? <laughs> I, as a uh, as a movie show, uh, right. you've been you've been in a movie or two. Um, uh, yeah. Are you an Are you an Oscars guy? Uh, 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 have I won one? No. no. I know. Have I know I you have. It? No. Did I watch it? Yes. Okay. I, I watch everything. I'm involved in any any like I try to uh, be aware of anything that could possibly be part of our pop culture. Uh-huh. Right. Are you uh, were you a fan of any of the films this year? Mm, yeah, <laughs> I, wa- I wa- was. Um, you know, I've I've seen every. I, I've seen just about everything. I was. Uh, uh, I thought News of the World would do better. Yeah, yeah that that had a great score. I mean, I, you can't you can't go wrong with Hanks. You know. Well, did you not like the movie? No, I thought I thought it was great. Yeah, I thought it would do better too. That's what I'm saying. I also thought it it struck a chord. It struck a chord. Like it was so in tune with what we're dealing with now between, you know, Fox and CNN. And he read the news and kind of curved it based on curbed it uh, based on who his audience was. And at the same time as that adventure of getting the little girl, I thought it was and it was shot beautifully. I was amazed that it wasn't more recognized. Exactly. I love when period pieces can speak on modern day. It's always always fun. Um, Dave, I, I know you're not a you're not a you're not an award show guy. <laughs> no, and I've fallen off my interest in the Oscars over the last couple of years. I did not even. In fact, Ben, you texted me Monday morning uh, with some of the controversy uh, on one of the awards, and I'm like, "What are you talking about? <laughs> the Oscars were last night, dude." I'm like, "Oh shit, <laughs> that's well, how you know what." I don't think you're alone. I think that a lot of aside, we all know what the ratings were, and we all know whether you uh, love the the show or not. But I think a big part of it was it wasn't even on the radar like it usually is it wasn't on anybody like whether i watch it or not you know it's on and you're not alone dave in being uh i think anthony hopkins didn't even realize that he was supposed to show up (laughs) to the award show that he won one of the biggest awards i know (laughs) which they actually moved to the end because they thought it would be a great ending to the show to uh, have a posthumous award, right? You know that was the reason. And, yeah, uh, didn't quite work out they, that way, did it? There, I mean, it's the first time in a, in award show history. Um, well, they, they were they knew that whoever won Best Actor wasn't going to show up, but one was just lost and one was just passed. <laughs> right? So. Yeah. So you know. <laughs> so yeah, they 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 knew either way they were right, but so yeah. it was a win win. Yeah, that's a win win. 
That's true. <laughs> it is true. Yeah, apparently he was asleep when uh, the <laughs> the uh, it was announced because in Wales it was you know in the middle of the night or whatever. So hey, good on him. Hey, he woke up to good news. Good for, <laughs> somebody, good for somebody him. Somebody went in his room and like jarred him awake. He's like, I'll oh, fuck off. I'll go back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> you won. You won. I oh, didn't give a shit. Um, <laughs> now you uh, uh, got to talk to you about uh, a couple of uh, things, and then we'll get into the movie. Um, now obviously little monsters and bobby's world that was a big part of my childhood um and then uh deal or no deal comes out i did not realize you were bobby's world and little monsters well, you know i always talk about the fact that i until deal or no deal i had such a like a severed audience space so like yeah. like uh you know when when i started uh, uh i was n- i was a stand-up and i did a young comedian special and on my young comedian special it was me uh this kid jerry seinfeld and this other kid richard lewis and it was hosted by the smothers brothers and harry anderson was in it remember he went on to do a show called night court yeah. um but but and, and that kind of launched me and i was playing theaters and the next um, the next iteration of my career was like most comedians. I thought I was going to move into a sitcom and I went and met at MTM and ended up on St. Elsewhere, yeah. uh, which w- wasn't the plan, but throughout St. Elsewhere. And for those that don't know, that's where Denzel Washington came out of and a lot of great writers and directors that, and, and actors, Tim Robbins, Kathy Bates. That was the, both of those, I think their first appearance after, graduating college and acting they were on our show i mean anybody who was any you know i have pictures i look back i go he was on our show anyway the the point was that that was the beginning of the kind of uh dichotomy between what people knew me as and who they thought i was mailed that there was no uh internet at the time so people would mail me every week i have a bet with my husband that Fiscus, which was the name of my character on St. Elsewhere, is not the same goofball that blows a rubber glove up, up on his head, which is what I did in my comedy yeah. act. And then, <laughs> and then I went on and I started doing Bobby's World. And the Saturday morning crowd, whether it was the kids and the kids and their mother, didn't know I was a guy from St. Elsewhere and didn't know I was a guy that that did uh, stand up. Didn't right. even know when I got recognized that I was the guy who did the voice for the same yeah. And also the, the same thing with gremlins, you know, they have, people don't know that I'm gizmo and Muppet babies, been, Muppet babies. I was Skeeter. <laughs> it's all the same voice. Yeah. This, is, this is, uh, <laughs> and gizmo. it's all the same. It's amazing. You could still do it. At this. Why? I don't know. What, it, yeah, what prob- part of me do you think has aged out of being able to do a voice? Yeah, just your, just your vocal either. cords. Can you That's answer all. that question? Yeah, your oh. vocal cords have changed over oh. time. Oh, you're right. So it wasn't it wasn't a great question. Sorry. Oh, you had the answer. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, it was you, a great you, question. Have you tried you're... to use that same voice to get some more. <laughs> well, I mean, you can you can really keep going with that, no? I or... kind of lowered it. I, that's how I became animal on Muppet Babies. If I look, go bye bye. I was also Bunsen Honeydew, uh, which it, if you don't listen to me, I'll make your sister disappear. <laughs> So I, I still have the ability to do it, but nobody's asking me. Uh, Gizmo kind of recreated. Uh, Gizmo is uh, the, they have a new Mountain Dew ad out now, and that's me. 
doing the gizmo voice. Oh, yeah, just ah, that. okay. Yeah, so I'm I do that. So I I'm and uh, I did it on your podcast. You sure and, did. Uh, and so give now me you're, an idea. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it on my podcast too. Yeah, now you're gonna be even more famous because you did. It Are on they making ours, another obviously. Gremlins or something? Or uh, that, they were that. doing. They're doing something that I'm not involved with. I uh, think it's an animated one okay. that they didn't ask me to be part of. Well, that's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Sorry that happened. I want to be you. part of everything. Yeah. <laughs> real, real, real quick before we get into your podcast, what's uh, uh, how awful was doing the makeup on Little Monsters? How awful of an Horrible. experience is that? Horrible. So that's what you know. That's what kind of got me out of the movie business. I was doing movies, you know, at the same when when. Um, St. Elsewhere was on, I, you know, I was getting every break. I had a choice of a few movies, you know, and uh, I was doing movies. And then I did, I was in Wilmington, North Carolina doing with Fred Savage, Little Monsters. And at that time, I think they've advanced in the technology that they can use in special effects makeup and stuff. I hear right. from friends who do movies that, you know, at that time that I didn't have like cold water running through a suit or you know like a cooling thing so they just glued all this latex for five hours oh. to my face you know i was just covered in latex and no pun intended but i felt like such a dick anyway <laughs> I, I i uh and then i'm in wilmington north carolina in august the most humid hot place i could find. it was really nice wrightsville beach is a really nice place but i can't tell you how many times i passed out Oh, and then man. the next movie I did after that, the next break I got was Walk Like a Man. And I got my teeth knocked out with Christopher Lloyd and Cloris right. Leachman. And I got my teeth knocked out. And I said to my wife, I don't want to do this anymore. I mean, I don't want to. This is not for me. I don't. Yeah. Like, first of all, I don't think it's even though we talked about the Academy Awards. I don't know how much of an actor's medium it really is. You know, as somebody who does stand up comedy, who, uh, you know, shows up stands wherever I want to stand, says whatever I want to say, has no marks to hit. Right. As opposed to, um, you know, waiting alone in a trailer for three hours, 3,000 miles away from home. And then, you know, somebody will come in and comb your hair and dress you. And then they say, come out here and stand on this piece of tape. And then the director gives you, or a script has some words for you to say. And the director says, I'm going to do it from 30 different angles. And then they edit it all together. I had no... You right. Know, not that I need to control it, but it's really a writer's and director's medium. I'm sure. much more because you could take the best, uh, the best actor with a shitty director and a, and a bad script does not make for a good movie. Yeah, absolutely. And but uh, a, a, a mediocre a, a actor with a great script and a great director and a great editor, you can make a blockbuster. Exactly. No pun intended. Got, hey, that's the name of our show. Yeah, that's what becomes so hard to judge sometimes, even as we, we go through the movies. And typically we talk about movies that are that are classic. So it's generally accepted that, you know, this is a good performance. This was good editing, good directing or whatever. But it is, you know, why things fail, why they succeed. Who was it? How do you how do you sort of judge, you know, wh what was the what made this movie what it was? And uh, so, yeah, that's that is interesting. Well, I also find it really funny that we we uh, the, the people in the in the film business uh you know award themselves and then are in a contest together you know right. what did you like better the the depiction of the astronaut who you know is lost in space for 3 years or the native american who invents the blanket 
<laughs> like, yeah, how do you even like, what is that? I don't yeah. even understand what, like what, and it's just pretending. I also yeah. like the sanctity of, of the Academy Awards. It used to be, I once had a fight with my mom because somebody got up this is years and years ago, like 20 years ago, somebody got up at the Academy Awards. I can't remember. It might've been Michael Moore or somebody yeah. got up in his acceptance speech and said something political. And I was on the phone with my mom the next day. And she goes, that's so disrespectful. And I go, what do you mean? I mean, here's a guy, he's got a platform and he's a documentarian and here's his platform. A billion people are watching all over the world. This is definitely 20 years ago because there weren't a billion people watching. I don't think this, I don't think there was 10, 10 million. Anyway, the, the, <laughs> the point being that I said he had his platform and she goes, but not at the Academy Awards. It's so disrespectful. And I'm thinking it's just a group of people whose life is about, you know, right. pretending. I mean, I don't know right. how in important i'm talking about directors and writers i'm not dissing actors i'm an actor myself i'm just saying the amount of pomp and circumstance put into acting unless your film is actually moving the conversation or changing the world or making people understand something historically and kind of opening your eyes otherwise you know there's no difference between a movie and a concert as far as that's true how it moves the world. Yeah. So those actors, they live in that bubble. So why, why, how could you really expect them to relate to the, well, I always say that, you know, I came to this business late, you know, in my life, you know, in my twenties, I mean, even the, the inkling of wanting to be in this business and, you know, my kids, I have three kids and I have a, I have a, a, you know, one's a a teacher in the inner city and the other one's a therapist. But what's really funny is that if you go, it's like having raised children. If your job is acting, you get you get this. I get it as a human being to kind of garner this kind of self-importance. I mean, where in what other industry does somebody pick you up from work? And if you got a little uh, piece of snot hanging from your nose, there's actually somebody hired to walk over and go, cut, wait, let me get that for you. Right. And they'll actually pick your nose. And uh, they'll just make you look better than you could ever make yourself look. And I get as a human being going, you know, I must be, I must be very important. Well, right. that sounds like the way Ben and I are when we hang out together. So that, yeah. I feel very Yeah, important. that's true. Many <laughs> you, times. Like, many a times he's, he's wiped my nose. Yeah. So <laughs> yes. it's uh, it's like you read our, our biography that doesn't exist. <laughs> so thank you. No, that, and, and no, and I'm thrilled to be here. I love movies. And I've yeah. always loved movies. Well, and I that's... love escaping and going to movies. And I've yeah. seen every classic. I love movies. Yeah. And I'm fascinated by movie making. I love the technology. Right. I love the the uh, the artistry. And and that's yeah. why, you know, today when you ask me to pick a movie, it's really easy. There's so many classics and so many movies I loved even this year. And a, yeah. lo- a lot of them were nominated and and, and, and I, I love them for different reasons. But what my wife and I have gotten into is our fascination with uh, cinema kind of um, not done to the standards that most people are used to. And, you know, listen, and that's always been, it's not, it hasn't just drawn me, you know, uh, what was the, what's the name of the movie that Franco did with the, about the room? The Um, room, Disaster Artist, yeah. Disaster Artist. Yeah. You know, so that 
fascination with somebody that has so much passion and so myopic in uh, like you would think I'm going to try to make a movie. I'm going to try to do a love story. I'm going to try to do this, but even to watch back what you've done and go, Ooh, this didn't turn out like anything I've ever seen. (laughs) The the fact that they're not that self-aware is more fascinating to me and also teaches me more about film than something that is done so slickly. Right, you yeah, because you, you can show someone a movie and be like, see, this is exactly what you want to do. This is exactly what you want to do. Whereas, or this is what you want to aspire to. Right. This is how you're going to do it. And that's why uh, at the mid point of the pandemic, after you know, binge, watching every movie that I've seen in my entire life, all the new movies, every movie that I've loved throughout my life back again, I said to my wife, I said, let's want to watch some not so stellar yeah <laughs> you know uh, stuff and 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 we can enjoy it on many levels you know we can enjoy it comedically we can enjoy it just because yeah our just... jaws are dropped open that anybody got a buck to put this thing together <laughs> exactly and exactly. we started watching a lot i mean we'll talk about birdemic in a second but i watched uh killer sofa what the hell is that? No, I don't know exactly that. what you think it is. You got to go on. Uh, I think it's either on Apple or Amazon or one of them. You go. You go to like uh, cheap horror movies. There's uh, Llama Geddon oh, about llamas from outer space. That, you know, uh, uh, even before this, you remember? Have you ever talked about the movie Teeth? Do you know that movie? No, we we do not say we do. Know. We don't know any. We're, we're a movie show, and you're teaching us. <laughs> Well, it is this is genre. Yeah, so teeth. Actually, my daughter told me to watch. Teeth is about a uh, a girl who actually uh, was uh, lived and grew up near a uh, nuclear plant, right? Which apparently isn't healthy, and the only she looks normal and somewhat acts normal, except that she has grown a full set of teeth in her nether world. Oh. God, but the greatest scene in the in the trailer, and you can play the trailer like that. Her little, the way they find out her little cousin is in one of those blow up pools with her, and they're playing and splashing in the water. They're like two or three years old, and he sticks his hand in the water between her legs, and there's a blood curdling scream, and then his finger comes up filled with blood. And this is called teeth, you know. And, and it's it's a don't miss. I'm telling you, we oh, laugh man. hysterically. I've seen it three times. Yeah, that's uh, I'm definitely gonna have to check that out. If you want to go for gross, like incredibly gross, there's Human Centipede, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, is that a classic? I mean, it's a classic bad horror movie, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then my all time favorite, which I've watched like maybe five times, and I love it on so many different levels, is Birdemic. So, yeah, okay, let's uh, did you guys watch the trailer? We watched no, the movie. Watched we the watched movie. the movie. I'm sorry for you. That's I'm what sorry. we prepare. We prepare for the show. So tell me, know? as film buffs, as as people who know or I, I presume have some taste in cinema, <laughs> a little bit, but little bit. Who, who are passionate about film and right. want to talk about film, and what was your first reaction to Birdemic? <laughs> first, I mean, h- hilarious. Um, it just. Yeah. Like you said earlier, 
I can't believe that anyone would spend a dollar to make this movie. <laughs> um, they, there's it's, Birdemic too. There's a, it's yeah. It's, that's, uh, or, yeah. The, no, not only did they spend the dollar, they threw in another one. And that is why, you know, I think the hardest thing to do in film is comedy. You know, I really do, because you're working in this vacuum I, as somebody who does stand up. You know, the way I hone my act is I've, I was always on stage, you know, and then if this didn't work, I could hone it and get it to a point where it worked. And even in comedy films, other films, too, um, you know, there are always test screenings and then re-edits and reshoots and things like that. You know, so this is really guttural, um, real comedy, <laughs> not it was not meant or put together to be funny. Right. But I've never laughed so hard and it doesn't <laughs> and anytime you watch it it doesn't lose any of the funniness and and uh, you know uh, hopefully people are opening up a little bit more but you should have people over and watch it again with friends. Oh uh, yeah. And it, it's a great drinking game show. It's a great <laughs> a movie. It's just great to sit, you know. It's kind of uh like uh, the the new show girls. <laughs> yeah yeah well and even you know the the room uh troll 2 it kind of r- reminds me of those where people actually get together in theaters and watch it i think this could be one of those where people start just gathering around just to quote the movie and and uh cheer i along really as... think and i'm on I, I went and bought the sweatshirt and i'm on a mission to make this movie a classic i really believe that just for the special effects alone oh <laughs> hundred percent. Here's what I will tell you. If you haven't seen the movie, I'm talking to your listeners. Uh, there's effects and they are special, but not in the good way. Yeah. Yes. Not in the good way. And I love how I believe the first time we see the special effect is a dead bird um, just laying on the beach. They see the, the dead bird laying on the beach. And mm-hmm. f- first of all, it's like... You couldn't have went. First of all, it's around Halloween time. Obviously, you're at some sort of Halloween festival. You couldn't have found a fake bird at some dollar store or something and just at least laid it on the ground. You had to use CGI for a motionless bird on the on the beach. I found that just absolutely hysterical. I couldn't even tell it was a bird until they said it was a bird. It was just. <laughs> well, I'm now afraid of origami, and until you see the movie, you'll re- you won't realize what it is. But I, if I see somebody doing like paper origami birds, it reminds me of the movie, and I, yeah. I let out a blood curdling. It's so funny, <laughs> but not only the special effects, and we could be specific. The um, and this is what got me the most: the the pauses of silence, the oh. pauses, the the pauses of like. Uh, um, our actor walking from one scene to another. <laughs> it's like a two mile trek. It's every time the, the, the transition from one scene to another is, it seems like almost a half an hour or yeah. even when he, when he says he, our, our lead, our hero, um, is apparently in the digital, uh, software business. Right. And, and he sold a billion dollar. He made a sale. Yeah, he tells everybody in the boardroom he made a sale. I, I actually timed it, and they all go woo, and they start applauding. Right, you know fifty-eight seconds of applauding. Just goes around the whole room. Think, you think it's over. <laughs> you think it's over, and then it's just like they. I oh, think next if you shot. play that, I think if you play that clip here, even audibly, yeah, and we talk through it, 
it's it's crazy how long do you have the do you have access to do that or no yeah let me pull it up right now uh he <laughs> announces that this is our lead he announces that there's a sale there's maybe eight people sitting in a boardroom so he's telling his board members that he made the sale and the acting style that they've chosen for this film is like uh it's kind of like a bad font <laughs> um it, it's it's because everybody's doing it exactly the same right how, how, while ben's uh queuing that up i got a quick question for you uh since you're you've been in hollywood for decades and you know writers directors producers all these kinds of people how does how is that handled on a personal level and i mean i don't know if you've known anyone that made a movie this bad but there are some duds out there and i'm sure you've met and you've i've been heard- in them Right. So uh, how, how is that treated? Is it treated with respect and kids gloves? Or are you ribbed for being a part of a, of a bad movie? If you made a bad one, how, how is that handled? I'm curious about that. Um, it's usually, a, it, you know, the truth is, and this is the difference between um, Birdemic. If something I've done and the people that I know um, have done, kind of recognize uh, that they've made a bad movie or it's been a flop. Yeah. I, I think there's an overall like embarrassment and, and uh, you know, which is kind of the knee jerk reaction. You're embarrassed. You hope yeah. nobody brings it up. You don't want to even be recognized for that. You can forget it. You'll see a lot of actors won't even promote something once they've seen a screening. Uh-huh. And then there's this category of movie where the person is celebrating I think we're still on mute. There, I'm on mute. There Sorry, we go. I'm just kind of showing you the production quality of Birdemic, but I'm doing it on your podcast. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's that's the, that's the issue. But yeah, it's he tells them a billion dollars. They they cheer a little, and then uh, they cheer again. Like it just it just keeps going and going. It's and a one going. minute. It's 58 yeah. seconds. <laughs> it's crazy, and you know, like uh, they see these. Uh, paper birds coming at them and at some point and um you know they they they, thank god they had hangers because apparently is if you're ever being attacked by birds get a hanger yeah get a hanger and then yeah just uh you know place place cgi birds over the people with the hangers and uh it's uh i love how there's no score during that part when they first are getting attacked (laughs) it just it's like oh my god wait a minute wait a minute do that again was it you that was me I know it's uncanny. Wow. It's like I'm yeah, I'm reliving the movie again. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> but of course it. it go, go ahead, go Dave. Ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Uh, of course, it happens right after he gets the girl. Right after she gets her deal with Victoria's Secret, and you know everything's going great. They hooked yeah. up the hey, night hey, before. Hey, 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 hey. spoiler, spoiler. Oh, uh, yeah, spoiler. Sorry, yeah, but come on. Um, I, I think well, even they don't with spoilers, know. They didn't have to know that she got her deal with Victoria's Secret. <laughs> That's true. And <laughs> what I also love the way uh, News of the World kind of mirrored, you know, how we intake news and what we do with it today and it really uh you know something that was supposedly a century old kind of bespokes what you know our current issues are the same thing with this movie with the global warming and uh you know yeah it's just really i think it's an important film yeah oddly it is yeah go ahead dave yeah would you guys say that um that 
that the the warnings of global warm, uh, warming were a central theme to this film. I was it wasn't clear there to me that that's what this was about, <laughs> yeah. particularly with that ten minute speech by the ornithologist. <laughs> this is a random random scientist they find with a mask yeah, on. on the beach. The, yeah, right yeah. right on the beach. You know, wear, wearing a mask. I mean, that's that's predicting the future right there. Well, um, the fact that it's called bird. I know this is so <laughs> timely. Guys, you know, at first I thought, oh, my God, this is like, is this a bad movie? And then I thought, no, this is an important movie. It's important movie. Sometimes <laughs> it's just like what's going on in the world now. You think things are bad. You think things are wrong. And then you turn out finding this is right. This is right. This is the path we should be taking. Yeah. So if anybody's questioning the path that they are on in their life right now, I think this is more important than just entertainment. I yeah. think this is must-see cinema. This should be shown in every classroom in the United States. Yeah? Yeah. 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 And even though we can tell that the birds are not real and they're made of paper, and some <laughs> people have told me, oh, it's just paper birds. It's just paper birds. But what they're not thinking about is paper cuts are probably the most painful yeah. of injuries mm -hmm. that one can sustain i got one right here there, like there. from a bird from a paper bird it was a, it was a paper bird <laughs> it attacked my car and then i decided since after i gained knowledge that it was attacking my car specifically i decided to get back in my car and go to no particular destination well that's a, this was more of a travel log in kind of a, a, a like they didn't really have a good look I, I would imagine there was no location manager because they, they uh a lot of this movie is um, them moving from one place to another. There's, it looks why. like they couldn't stay. You're right. There's no because <laughs> you you get with this budget they didn't have permits, and you sense even in these scenes that somebody has said, and they've probably muted that. You can't shoot this here. Right. Get out. <laughs> yeah. And and that seems to be the end of every scene. You know, you can't. And then you see them kind of packing up and leaving for no reason oh. because I think they mute the owners of whatever these locations are telling them to get out. You yeah. can't make your movie here. Well, and speaking of muting, every time there's like a, a cut, even when they're having a conversation, they'll cut to the other person talking and it'll be silence for a minute and then totally different background noise. But it's the same <laughs> conversation. Like the sound See? mixing is in this is just or sound editing, whatever no. you want to call it. It's, it's just it's sound mix, mix upping, mix upping, sound mix. It's of sound course. mix upping. My bad. Who, didn't, who was not recognized at all the other night at the well, Academy Award. Well, they combined it. They combined editing and mixing to just sound across the, the board. I know. Yeah, but why make, why, you know, I think you. I'm sensing that you guys are being somewhat judgmental. The fact is that there was a whole potpourri of sounds in every cut that you don't get from other <laughs> films. This was so much more yeah. with the advent of delivering so much less. That's true. Yeah. I mean, how often do we, when you're trying to pay attention to dialogue, you get like blaring street noise uh, between each cut. I, I, I'm glad it was in there. I mean, you know what I that. like? I like a movie where you can leave with a lot of unanswered questions. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. This, and all the, the there are so many questions. They're all why, but. Yeah, it's, there's a lot of whys. A lot of whys, but yeah, it, it, there's even anti-war uh, message in this movie. Briefly, there's with, a lot of uh, messages. Yeah, a lot, a lot of and messages it, it, in this movie. And, we're not, we're not know, being judgmental here. No judge, no, no, judgmental. We loved it. No judgmental. 
No yeah, judgmental. No, no, judgmental. <laughs> no judgmental here. Yeah. <laughs> no. no judgmental. You know what? If you want to, that with those with that kind of dialogue, maybe you can write pandemic uh, <laughs> three. That's right. I mean, that's you know, we'll see. Thing, we'll see. One thing I really do appreciate is in movies you typically don't see long conversations between someone and say the wait staff or the host staff or the guy <laughs> dropping off a beer. And and I really think th- that's kind of the important moments in film. I mean, I think the first dialogue uh, in the movie is, is is our main character walking into a diner. And I, I think for two minutes he was uh, he, he interacted with the staff. He sat down. Uh, he was shown the seat specifically pointed out to him. He looked <laughs> at the menu for 30 seconds but didn't really look at anything. And then right. he stares creepily at the uh, girl down uh, a few booths down. But I, I do appreciate that, particularly the service workers in our, in our, in our country who many of them lost their jobs during the, during the COVID pandemic. And now during this bird pandemic is a way to honor them. Yep. It really exactly. is. They are the first line of uh, the first responders, the yeah. wage staff. You have, ga- you have gas station guy, you have gas station guy. Who's still. Gas- you know, he's charging hundred dollars a gallon. Uh, you know, for that, he's still manning his thing. He's an essential worker, I guess. You know, at least he's still. You, you get the sense that, uh, the, like, right before action, uh, you uh, the statement. Uh, Do you mind if I riff a little on this one? Was used a Go lot for it. <laughs> no, I'm. I'm oh, saying yeah, that's what yeah, was happening on the set. I misunderstand. Go, I, I know a lot. what you wrote, but I'm just gonna riff. Right. Do I have Do I have time with the waitress? <laughs> Do I have time with the gas station guy? I don't know if these actors were equipped for that. I think they just said, "Oh, these are my lines." Okay, I'm gonna. Okay, I'm gonna say this exactly how it is. And but that's just me, you know. That's just me. No, 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 no. I think it was bad improv. Uh, okay. That's where that's you know. Fair. I had a we. There was a guy at the comedy store, and I'm not gonna mention their name. Well, you wouldn't know their name anyway. But he didn't really make it. But he loved to. He said, I'm just going to do crowd work today. And uh, which reminded me of the movie. And he would get on and he'd go, where are you from? And somebody in the audience would go, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. I I went there once uh, when I was seven uh, with my parents. Anybody else? Anybody else from Pennsylvania? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is crowd work, but you're just basically just. I don't know if it's crowd comedy. It's just right. Like, <laughs> it's oh, strangers. I've been there too. Small, yeah. You're just on on stage doing small talk. <laughs> so I felt like there's no way that these lines were came out of a script on Birdemic <laughs> that somebody just said, you know, just sit down, riff it, but order, ask her about the restaurant, and make it real. And yeah. The the third part no. didn't come to fruition yeah. <laughs> but it feels like they sat down and riffed without the talent of being riffable oh the I, gas station guy clearly he was just a random guy that was actually working and they came up and said well you say a few lines for 20 bucks <laughs> said, and you don't get that sense from everybody in the movie uh, <laughs> you think no, the I gas think... station guy was a random guy who they should say a couple lines that's what I nobody think. else I think the only people meant to be there were the bird folders. Whoever was folding those birds and throwing them up or however that was done. Yeah, that's true. I, I don't know. I think I think Rod and what was the, her name? Natalie. Natalie, yeah. Um, I, I think they were very wooden, and I think they were just totally reading script. Everyone else, I guess you can make the case Much, yeah. for that. I love that you're knocking their acting. I think <laughs> Wait, what you if they had been if they had been looser and not wooden and more lifelike, the movie would be worse. 
I think that they they <laughs> stayed true. within the milieu of whatever the that's true the yeah. environment our director and writer created. Yeah, the birdemic you know? universe. Yeah. yeah, you don't want to see you know a Francis McDormand. <laughs> no. <laughs> performance in the midst of that that would have taken you out of the movie but yeah so, but go ahead okay. dave I, what about what about the tree hugger guy i think his name was tom hill or something he he gave a bit of a speech as well about something about the the bark of the redwoods he spent we spent yeah. a little time educating education on that but that's uh, what i'm saying climate change bark <laughs> we learn about birds we learn about protection we learn about relationships we learn about the whole digital uh valley the, uh, you know the silicon valley yeah. we learn so much and what a great it's better than uh remember a couple of years ago when the academy where was that called uh, sideways uh yeah. where they went up the coast for yeah, wine yeah. tasting didn't this feel like sideways but more for birds very much so <laughs> Yeah, instead of it's, yeah, it's like Northern of, California, and they're up and down the coast. This is the sideways for bird lovers. Which Not, which one was the Pinot Noir grape? I wonder. Noir. You know, that's the that's Paul the Giamatti. question. Yeah, no, I, now, yeah, well, there yeah. Is a, I think that Bark guy is the Paul Giamatti of. Uh, that's true. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he it's was cool. like the beat. He was like the Bark connoisseur. Right. <laughs> that's right. Now I was confused oh, though because. I think I think the message of the movie were, is uh, we think we're led to assume that the birds are sent from someplace and they're right. specifically attacking cities, vehicles, anything that's like civilization, right? But our characters go into the woods and meet the man who lives in a treehouse that the little kids want to go play in. But then we're scared off from a mountain lion who's threatening their lives and they have to run away. So I'm left not sure. I mean, should we return to nature and be eaten by the mountain lion or should we get back into our car and be attacked by the birds? So I was a little confused on that. Any, any thoughts there from either one of you? Yeah. And, and you know, the truth is I can't answer the question. So therefore Dave, what an amazing question. Yeah. That was probably the best question of my whole appearance here. Yeah. That is fantastic. Uh, also, I don't know. You gave away the whole movie well, about the lion and the the forest and oh, the tree yeah. and the Victoria's Secrets and then for those that didn't see it, I would imagine the people that that are listening to this right now. I mean, it is so confusing just to explain it, even <laughs> and even if you weren't trying to be funny and you explained it verbatim. It's the most ridiculous, and that's why I could watch it again tonight yeah. and laugh just as much as I did last night i, I so, love go ahead i love the fact that she's a model and she's taking her photos at a one hour photo <laughs> yeah. one hour photo store <laughs> for like, because that's where victoria's secret models always yeah that's how they find them yes. yeah that's how they discover them <laughs> are there even one hour photos of anywhere now no I don't, think yeah, so. I don't think so. No, yeah, I think you have to like send away your film or something if you have film. Um, wow. uh, but uh, but yeah, obviously we want to don't want to keep you too much longer. Uh, did uh, any, do you have anything else to say about the movie before we talk about your new podcast? Just watch it and yeah. then watch <laughs> and then rewatch it and and look for all the hidden gems. Yeah, absolutely. I got two things. Uh, one, uh, we learned how to properly cook a fish, right? Because you catch right. it and you just. You throw the whole fish into water on the fire. On the, oh, that's boiled fish. Boiled yep. fish on the beach, right? Yeah. Yep. Why were they there? Why were they camping? We don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the movie eleven times. 
I don't know what the fuck is going on. Sorry. <laughs> uh, and then this is for whoever wants to answer this first uh, question line from the movie. Where's Becky? <laughs> She's taking a shit. <laughs> Taking a shit. God's name is that line. Dead serious. (laughs) Makes it real, right? Real, totally. That's how we all talk. Thank you so much for letting us watch this movie. It's uh, it was a pleasure. Um, You can't get that time back. uh, I know. I'll probably watch it again. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, Go uh, go see uh, uh, what's it, Lamageddon and. Killer Couch. Killer Couch. Lamageddon. Can't wait. And Teeth. Teeth is great. Teeth Uh, had ones for the whole family. (laughs) Howie Mandel does stuff. What can you tell us about this? How much more is there to explain? All right. Boom. That's my my podcast. You know, and I do. uh, uh, We talk about things I've done, like watching the movie. We do prank calls. We take challenges. Um, Heidi Klum is on this week. Um, nice. It's uh, it's always me and my daughter, Jacqueline Schultz. It's uh, it's sometimes inappropriate. You know, I, we were in lockdown like the world, and me and my daughter would spend hours on the phone doing prank calls, uh, <laughs> going uh, trying out for jobs that we weren't qualified to do, uh, <laughs> fucking with my celebrity friends and and things like that. And my wife once said, "What is this for?" And I said, "It's for another hour." And she goes, no, why don't you record it and make it a podcast? So Howie Mandel Does Stuff is a podcast available wherever podcasts are available, wherever you get it. Sounds great. Yeah. it's uh, and then, do you, you have like three episodes out or do you have more than that? A third one just as I spoke yeah. to you, the third one dropped today. OK, cool. But, yeah, but we have, we'll, we're going to do every week, every Tuesday they drop. And uh, if it uh, entices you folks, I just had it here. The title for his latest episode, Howie Mandel Does Stuff. I'm stalling as I pull this up. Howie, man. What? Huh? I don't know what the title is. I know. I'm I'm stalling because I'm pulling it up. Go ahead, Dave. Was it, well, I don't know if it was the latest one, but the one no. I listened to today was uh, Naked Rubdowns, Fupas, and Taints, which I think will in- interest uh, our kind yeah. of uh, audience. Well, you remember, it's me talking to my daughter. <laughs> yeah. And, I don't and know you have you a, her that. mother. And you that have was an, last week. And you have an, and Taints were last week. Yeah. And you have an ad for ED uh, with your daughter. So that's that's well, that's, that's so you know that you've got to read your ads, right? Yeah. You guys are reading them together. But yep. when you get an ad for ED, you know, this product will, uh, you know, uh, ensure that your erection lasts longer and is harder. And then yep. I have to turn to my daughter, Jackie, tell him about it. <laughs> that's uh, yeah, that's whoo. Kudos so even you. just tune in to hear the ads on our show. Exactly. <laughs> even those are entertaining. So yeah, definitely check out the show, folks. Howie, we really appreciate you coming on and uh, discussing uh, movies with us and uh, discussing what you're working on. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. There you have it. Howie Mandel. Listen to him on Howie Mandel Does Stuff, wherever you find podcasts. Uh, listen to us, too. We'd appreciate that if you listen to us. Um, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Again, rate, review us, all that. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at, at BlockbusterCast and Instagram at BlockbusterMentality. That's where you'll get all the updates on the show. Uh, and, uh, yeah, 
That's it. All right, folks. Well, that is it for me, for Dave and Howie Mandel. I'm Ben, and as always, grab some popcorn, grab some snacks. We'll catch you guys at the movies. Bye.